0: you know what time it is it's playoff time special episode today for all of you guys sorry for the delay i was out in austin looking at potential new apartments looking around in the city uh but got back right in time before the official playoffs um the nba had their play-in games the last couple days and now starting tomorrow the official playoffs begin. And first up, the Milwaukee Bucks, a rematch against the Miami Heat. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I've been waiting for. Uh, all 72 games, they lead up to this. This is where it matters the most. Uh, and I mentioned earlier, this is where the Milwaukee Bucks will be looked at and graded on whether or not their season will be a success. Um, Part of the whole reason I started this channel was uh, Milwaukee's shortcomings the last two years, and they've been facing a lot of criticism, and fair fair criticism, to be you know completely honest. Um, but now they have a chance to prove their doubters wrong, and the road to the finals will be tough. Um, of, I would wanna say in the Budenholzer era, so that we're in the third year, this is probably the toughest route to the playoffs uh just based on matchups. Uh Milwaukee is gonna to have to play the best of the best. But I mean, you know what? To be a champion, you're gonna to have to go through that road regardless. Although you would want it to be a little bit easier than some. Um and it starts with their demons of the past, uh, the Miami Heat. Uh tip-off is tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh and there's going to be a lot of things to look out for. Um, so before I delve in, if the route to the finals for Milwaukee will most likely, uh, I mean, this could all change depending on who wins their matchups. If Milwaukee was to like win out, they would have to face Miami first in the, in this first round. The second round would be against the Brooklyn Nets, which we talked about, uh, you know, last episode. And uh, most likely the Eastern Conference finals would, Face against the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's just the road to the finals. And then, you know, on the West, you never know who's going to come out of that. Most likely, the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, until someone can actually definitive, definitively beat them, uh, I will have them as the going favorites, uh, the Lakers. Uh, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's go with the matchup at hand, the Miami Heat. So. Much of the criticism for Milwaukee last year was, you know, they had an incredible uh, regular season record. Uh, They were on pace actually at one point before the, you know, COVID lockout. Um, They were on pace to almost to potentially break the regular season wins. Uh, Obviously that did not happen. Um, The bubble happened and Milwaukee was probably the one of the teams that fell flat um and they were exposed if you guys recall last year uh they struggled in their first game against the Detroit Pistons uh ended up winning the last four and then in the second round they faced Miami and lost their first they lost in five games and first game was close second game no first game they started out hot Then Miami destroyed them in the second half, and the second game, the controversial uh, Giannis hitting Jimmy Butler to end the game, so uh, walk-off free throws. Then the third game, Milwaukee was up big, let the lead go. Uh, Fourth game, Giannis got hurt, but the Bucs were able to rally and win. And then the fifth game, they were promptly eliminated. Now, a lot of what Milwaukee did in this offseason was dictated by the way they finished last year. Um, last year, Milwaukee was exposed on the defensive end. Um, their drop, Brooke Lopez dropping into coverage and exposing themselves to the three open three points, uh, was terrible because Miami was the highest three point shooting team last year. And there was a lot of criticism because the Bucks failed to adjust. And on the offensive end, the Bucks were very limited in the half-court offense once uh, teams built that wall against Giannis, as well as not having another shot creator to help out Giannis when their uh, fast pace and fast-break game was uh, limited. So what did Milwaukee do this offseason? Well, uh, they made some moves. The big thing last year was whether or not Giannis would sign the max. Uh, a lot of people didn't think he would, or at least not sign it that this last offseason, but he turned some heads and he did, uh, which honestly was huge. Uh, limited the amount of distractions for Milwaukee, kind of allowed him to fly under the radar. And the other big news was they traded uh, essentially the majority of their future for Jeru Holiday. And we will go into his potential impact later. Um, there's always sirens. It's annoying. Um, So if you guys catch these sirens, uh, I'm sorry. I cannot wait to partially. That's one of the the many small benefits of moving uh, to Austin is I won't have to hear that anymore, but uh, you know what? I'm going to miss that from LA uh, just a little bit, but let's get back to it. So the heat and the Bucks. how do they stack up this year? Well, as you guys recall, Miami was kind of middle of the pack last year in the regular season and they turned up an extra notch in the playoffs now if you guys remember after they beat milwaukee they beat boston in six games to move to the nba finals which they lost to the lakers in five Um, that team for the most part got brought back with the exception of jay crowder and well, they had Kelly O'Linick earlier this year. He's no longer on the team. Uh, he was part of the Victor Oladipo trade, which is huge because Victor Oladipo is out for the year. Um, they didn't get a lot of games with him. It will be interesting to see what Miami will do in the offseason, um, seeing as they will have cap space and Victor Oladipo even might miss next year. Um, but their team primarily looks the same. However... Uh, Trevor Reza replaced Jay Crowder and their team has hit they've recently been heating up. <laughs> I'm stupid. Uh they recently have been heating up, but compared to last year, they've kind of struggled in comparison. Uh now they ended up as the sixth seed. And, you know, for the first, you know, 60% of the year, they were Losing games that they should have and they were kind of just middle of the pack they've kind of risen up the last like 18 games they've had a really good winning percentage, Uh, but they've also faced some injuries Jimmy Butler was out of the lineup for a little bit uh, Tyler hero, so they have been banged up a little bit, but I think for some reason, this this time it feels just a little bit different. Um, now I know that Miami has Milwaukee's number, but some of their guys have you know haven't risen up. So for example, Tyler Hero, he was delved. It's he's been an interesting enigma because he was a steal in the draft, and you know he you didn't hear much about him last year, and then in the playoffs just torched the Bucks, and he torched a couple teams. And you assume that he was going to build off that this year. And he's not really improved uh, on that matter. He's kind of like plateaued just for this year. I mean, he'd still very well have uh, an amazing year. But he got, he kind of just leveled out. Uh, Bam Adebayo has improved on the offensive end. So that is one thing to look out for. Jimmy uh, Butler's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Uh, we know how good he is. And... Uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, now that teams know that uh, he's this amazing three-point specialist, uh, has went went down a little bit. And I think that's just because of exposure uh, from the playoffs and teams playing and trying to build strategy. Now, on the Milwaukee side, what's different? Uh, obviously, the addition of Drew Holiday. But more importantly, the Bucks making adjustments on the defensive end. And that comes with switches. And playing de- different defensive schemes, uh, as you guys saw or and i reviewed, they've been experimenting all year. And that has had an effect. Um, now we are no longer the number one defense. We actually, in points, I think, allowed, they fall 21st, which isn't great. However, don't let that totally fool you, because I think between the 21st and the top 10 is a difference of four points. And a lot of it can be due to these adjustments and the Bucks not fully knowing how to play certain types of defense effectively. Now, they're going to need to figure that out because Miami can scorch you many different ways uh, outside shooting. They have so many outside shooters. Um, that's what makes Miami great. Um, they are deep and talented. Now, when I look at um, what's different this year is the fact that we don't run that defense all the time where we have Brooke Lopez, you know, still dropping the coverage. Uh, We still do it occasionally, uh, but we've limited that. And that's where PJ Tucker and that trade has come in handy. We've been able to uh, utilize small ball lineups and be able to make more effective switches when he's on the court. Um, When I see Milwaukee on the offensive end, uh, that's the addition to Drew Holiday um where you see a lot of the difference um when we look at it there it's this is a big series and it sucks that it's the first round usually first round for elite teams is not so difficult but for the bucks uh it's it's going to take a lot of effort um i think i got to keep also i got to keep stop saying um as a transition point but uh, when you're speaking, and I'm actually speaking without a script this time. Uh, sometimes I go with the script, sometimes I just go with like what's going on in my head, just to give you guys a little background. But uh, it's, I don't know, I'm excited. Uh, the X-Factors for this series, uh, obviously, I don't want to harpoon on, two, on the, our top players, so like Chris Middleton and Giannis, but this is the year where they need to you know elevate their game and not even necessarily elevate it a ton but just in moments that they are needed uh back to back two-time mvp uh also ex-defensive player of the year in the playoffs teams have been able to build the wall and he hasn't been able to roam nearly as free as he would in the regular season because the game's played at a slower pace and there's not as many fast break points and opportunities. Um let's what I will be looking for is can he knock down this free throws? You know, at the very beginning of the year he struggled mightily. Uh he actually increased a lot at the end of the year, and he seems to be in a much more better rhythm. Can he knock down those free throws as well as hit? the occasional jump shot. Now, I don't know if I want him necessarily taking a lot of threes, but if they're open and it's, there, it's is he going to step up and knock him down? And as well as can he hit occasional open jump shots for, in his mid-range game? Those will be important on the offensive side because at times when the Bucks become stagnant, someone's going to have to make a shot. And Giannis being you know, the MVP caliber player that he is, he's going to have to hit those shots and he's going to have to overcome those pla- past playoff deficiencies. So I think that's just kind of given that notion. Uh, Chris Middleton, he hasn't shown up in the last two playoffs and not an indictment on him because he's a great player, but compared to like the regular season, he's his points have fallen down a little bit and we're going to need him to be that consistent you know, 20 to 25 points score uh, every night. And towards the end of the year, I saw an increase in his points per game and he's shooting much more efficiently. He's also been more in the playmaking role, which is going to be important because I think uh, this time around, the ball should be in less of Giannis's hand uh, dr- driving up and should be in the hands of Middleton or Giroux. And I think that's when you have to have Giannis post up or use the pick and roll more effectively. But Chris Middleton has improved in playmaking. He finds the open guys. Can he be solid like he is in the regular season and potentially elevate his game? Because one, if there's one thing that he has that not a lot of the other Bucks players has, is he can create his own shot. He has a good, decent mid-range. It's not an elite mid-range, but good enough, and you can't leave him open on the three-point. Uh, he's very valuable um a lot of players and a lot of analysis all say that he's a good a great third option but he's not a good second option and i'm going to disagree because i think he can be that second option that the bucks need it's whether or not he can take that initiative and when things don't go right like when the shots don't fall can he stick with it and be consistent now let's get down to the real uh, quote-unquote X factors for this series, and uh, ultimately, what I think uh, for the playoffs, if the Bucks want to make a deep run, the first and most obvious X factor is Drew Holiday. This is the player that the Bucks traded for. Uh, they essentially traded up their future for him, and he replaced, replaces Eric Bledsoe, who, as Bucks fans know. You cannot use him in the playoffs, and he digressed mightily. Some players improve in the playoffs, some players stay consistent, and then you have some that absolutely tank. And I like Eric Bledsoe a lot. I love his defensive energy, but on offense, just such a detriment. Um, now we don't have that. And I've been really high on Drew all year, and I'm going to continue to be high on him because I think he's going to be the big difference of how far the Bucks look and how they play in the playoffs, he can create his own shot. He can find the open guy and, you know, he's just as good. If not, I believe better of a defender, primary defender than Eric Bledsoe. He will be the third and second option. And, you know, his playoff resume is pretty small in terms of sample size, but if you look, Um, there was that mm, playoff series against the trailblazers where he went off. I think uh, Drew had like 27 points. We're going to need that type of elevated game. If the bucks are going to make a deep run. Now, the reason why he's an X factor against the heat is now the heat, you know, they can form the wall if they want, but it might not be as successful because instead of just having to cover up Middleton or an open, Lopez, there's a second player that can create his own shot, a player that can drive or find the open guy. And on that offensive end, I think that's going to help uh, the Bucs uh, be less stagnant. And on the defensive end, you know, he's going to either cover uh, Hero, Butler, and allow the other, other players, so he'll allow Giannis to still maintain that help uh, defense, or... Uh, you can allow Giannis to cover Bam, and you can have Holiday take on Jimmy Butler, which we'll see. Uh, the Bucks have been kind of successful uh, against the Heat this year, although each game that we've played the Heat, there's usually been one player out. He will be the X factor, really, I guess, throughout the playoffs, because if when Giannis can't score, who's going to be that second player that steps up? Chris Middleton has been in that slot, although his results have not uh, countered to wins. So can Drew be that guy? And I think he can. I think he has the defense, He has the awareness. He's a lot more disciplined. I think one thing when you look between Bledsoe and Drew's game is Bledsoe's high energy, very uh, plays uncontrolled at times, and Drew's always in control. Uh, he's not terribly fast, but he always has moves. He knows how to post up. Um, he's just an all-around good guard, and I think that's why a lot of teams were looking for him uh, when he became available, and he's been a hand-and-glove fit for Milwaukee. Um, but with him being there, it's just going to open up the Bucks' offense. Uh, it's going to be huge. Our other big X factor, which... Ironically enough, won't even really be on the offensive end, but on the defensive end is PJ Tucker. Now PJ Tucker has only averaged like 19 minutes playing with the Bucks this year, but he's going to be what is the key. He's going to be the key for when the Bucs uh, defense doesn't work or when they're going to have to make adjustments. Can he drive that impact uh, that allows our system flexibility? He's going to come in for Brooke when the Heat plays small and you know he's tough. He's he's hard to get past. So can he hold down guys like Bam? Um, can he help cover and switch on guys? And he does a much better job switching than Brook Lopez does. So when we make those adjustments, uh, can he drive that same impact? Because if we sub Brook out and PJ Tucker can't do it, then our defense is back in shambles. Uh, one last notable X factor, and maybe not just on like a large side, but is the supporting cast for the Bucs. Um, and I'm looking, my eyes are on Dante DiVincenzo, who has had an up and down and had didn't really make that jump that I think some fans believe he would make. Uh, offensively, still not consistent, although occasionally uh, hits that three-pointer with ease and then you love his effort. He's a starter right now. So between Giannis, Giroux, Middleton, Lopez, he is that fifth guy. Can he just stay level and make the occasional play? Not all the time, but can he do enough that helps him out? Uh, because we also have Brandon Forbes, but he can't play defense well. Now, if we need scoring and a punch, that's when you put in Forbes. But can Dante DiVincenzo be part of that offense? Uh And help open up and make defenders pay if they leave them open that's going to be huge uh because in these finals you know it, it comes down to talent and the bucks do have more talent than they have ever had um now you can make the argument like two years ago when they had brogdon but brogdon was hurt not quite the same player as he currently is on indiana but drew makes that our team just that much better and The supporting cast last year, uh, we had Kyle Korver, George Hill, good players, but in the playoffs, a lot of them disappeared. Pat Connaughton, for example. Now this year, can they make, can one of either Dante DiVincenzo, Bryn Forbes, or Bobby Portis be a difference maker? And I think the guy who probably will be the biggest difference maker is Bobby Portis. He's been consistent all year. He averaged 11 points off the bench good power forward center. He's going to have to put in some valuable minutes when Brooke isn't playing well and we can't use Tucker. I fully expect him to be effective. And uh, ultimately, if he can maintain what he did in the regular season, that will be a huge help on the bench end. Um, Brain Forbes, he just has to score when we need him to. And he's, cause he's not going to be playing a lot of minutes, I don't expect. Uh so when he gets his opportunity in like the late first and third quarters, can he knock down some open shots? Uh but uh Dante Vivitenzo is gonna be a huge part, uh which I don't feel is very secure about because he's just been, you know, struggling all at times and hasn't been efficient. And the last X factor and the biggest one is Mike Budenholzer, the head coach. Uh as you know, He's faced a lot of criticism over, I mean, over his career, but particularly last years because we've had such good regular seasons, and his failure to adjust at all is been a huge knock. Now he's been doing it this year. Uh, when the game gets pacey, when the game gets tight, can he make the proper adjustments, and can he do it at the right time? Uh, ultimately, he's going to have to. Because if he doesn't, and if Milwaukee gets bounced early, then the the Bucs will have to replace him. Uh, I think that's just a foregone conclusion. Now, if he can make those adjustments and play tough, then who knows? We'll see. I think the blueprint for Milwaukee has, you know, when you look at the way that Milwaukee's built in previous NBA champions, most NBA champions have either two Hall of Famers or a Hall of Fame player and a like perennial all-star milwaukee has a hall of famer and they have an all-star i wouldn't say like a perennial all-star in chris milton uh, but they also have a third player that is a borderline all-star and has been all-star in drew holiday is that enough of star power a lot of people would argue and say no it's not Um, but the bucks have great team chemistry they've played together all year which you know you look at the Lakers, you look at Brooklyn, they're going with the notion that they have enough talent that they'll win their series and very well could be because uh, history has shown that talent has went out. I think if the Bucs are going to look at a blueprint of a similar champion, it would have to be the very team that beat them in the Eastern conference finals, uh, two seasons ago, uh, the Toronto Raptors, Toronto struggled, but was a perennial contender. When they had DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, and then they made the big trade for Kawhi, uh, and they gave up DeMar DeRozan, and they were able to formulate and win a championship with um, a future Hall of Famer and a decent supporting cast. Uh, When Toronto had an up and coming Pascal Siakam, and they had Kyle Lowry, uh, you know, I I mean, he's been an all star consistently, so I'm not going to call him not a perennial all star, but he's not. He's not an elite, elite player. He's not like a superstar, but he's a solid, good all-star. And they also had guys like Marcus Gasol and Norman Powell. So they had a good supporting cast. I think the Bucks are very similar. Uh, and I think that if one of their bench guys can really show up and uh, make a playoff impact, then the Bucks have a chance. I think... What's really nerve-wracking and scary is there's a lot of pressure on Milwaukee. Uh, There's pressure on the coach. There's pressure on Giannis. But sometimes pressure is good. And sometimes you need that pressure to be there in order to perform at your highest. Uh, I don't want to be and sound too trite, but if Milwaukee gets bounced in the first round, sweeping changes would have to be made. Um, And it's difficult because if you look at the way this Milwaukee Bucks rosters constructed they have old veterans and they do not have assets which for a small market team can be critical and they're limited on cap space uh i don't really want to talk about what would happen in that subsequent off season. uh i'm just also happy that Giannis is signed uh but i mean if he's upset with management or how the team's constructed yeah they're going to have to make switches uh you know if they get bounced they would have to replace, obviously, Budenholzer, but they're going to have to figure out a new second option. So I think that's why there's a lot of pressure on Chris Middleton to perform. Uh, even though it's not really directly stated, I I think there's pressure on him because he's fallen short. Uh, he hasn't proven the doubters wrong. They think he's not a good enough uh, second star. So, but he's a he's a good asset, and he might be the only asset we have. Like, could you package? middleton and whatever remaining first round picks for a second star you might be able to or could you possibly would you possibly trade drew and chris for a second star? that would be scary i don't know but those are the, some of the type of changes that might have to happen uh, because in the nba things change quickly you can't really run it back with the same core forever you I mean even golden state uh has had that problem so this is a big test uh milwaukee has to go through the gauntlet and uh, i'm very excited though because i think this is the perfect opportunity for the bucks despite all the pressure to prove their doubters wrong you you look at them and you know They've had shortcomings, but this year they've really went after things that haven't worked and have been adjusting. And you want to see a team like this uh, go through that adversity. And the proper first step is to relinquish their demons. Um, Let's see how the first couple games go. It's going to be interesting. Uh, My prediction, which I don't like predicting things because – you know, I feel like but you know what? I'm it's my show. I'm gonna be I'm gonna put a prediction. It's I think it's gonna go six to seven games regardless. Um but I have Milwaukee going and winning it in six games. Um here we are. I cannot wait for tomorrow. Uh be excited, Bucks fans. Uh when I come back, I'll give you a little short review of the last movie I watched, there will be blood, and that will conclude this episode. Before I talk about (laughs) my little movie review, I just realized I was like, well, let me give my predictions for the first round of playoffs in general. Uh, We're going to start with the East. Uh, First seed, Philadelphia versus Washington it's an interesting matchup because Washington has the star power in Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook has been proving doubters is wrong this year, but I'm not going to go against Philly. They have been the best team record wise, uh, on the East and Joel Embiid's looking good. And Doc Rivers has been helpful in this team. I think Washington will put up a fight but I have Philadelphia winning in five games there. Uh, The most interesting matchup is the four seed New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks at the five seed. They're both a 41 and 31 record. Um, The Knicks have had a resurgence. Uh, I'm not a big Knicks guy, but I got to say I'm very impressed with Tom Thibodeau and what he's done with the program over there. Uh, Julius Randle, uh, most improved player of the year, not even a question. Uh, Derek Rose, it's nice to see him um, you know, battle back through adversity. Uh, being that MVP candidate, some thought he was an all-timer and he's you know retired at one point. he's been bouncing around different teams. He's been a great story and RJ. Barrett has been improving against the hot scorching offense of the Atlanta Hawks. you know you got Trey Young, you got John Collins and you have. Bogdan Bogdanovich, which I hate talking about because I only think of, man, if he was on Milwaukee, which he should have been, um, how could they good, the Bucks could have been? Uh, I like the Knicks in this. I think they're playing with a lot of heart and moxie. Uh, it's going to be an intense series. I think that could go 6-7, but I'm going to say Knicks in 7. Uh, I already told you guys about Milwaukee. Obviously, I'm biased. Milwaukee and Six or seven, but I'll just take – if Milwaukee can win, I'll just be happy. Uh, and the last matchup is Brooklyn and Boston. Um, Jason Tatum had that 50-point game in the plan, but but um, Brooklyn's just too strong on the star power end. And even though Brooklyn has had the defensive issues, Boston has had a litany of issues. It just hasn't been a good year for them. Uh, and I can see Brooklyn winning in – the five games on the West. Uh, we have Utah versus either golden state or Memphis because, uh, they play today. I think golden state's going to beat Memphis. I want golden state to beat Memphis. Uh, Steph Curry has been playing lights out MVP quality candidate. I don't think he's going to win it, but, um, he's really proved a lot of doubters wrong when, uh, warriors started out so bad so i'm happy uh i think their warriors will win in the plan and then they will play against utah but unfortunately utah being the best team all year uh and having talent with Donovan mitchell and rita gobert as well as the improved play of jordan clarkson uh you also have bogdanovich and ingles just and mike conley they're just, they're just so talented uh That's going to overwhelm the Warriors, and that I only see going five games tops to the Jazz. The most interesting matchup I want to say in the first round uh, is probably L.A. and Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix is a two-seed, and L.A. is the seventh seed, but almost everyone will say L.A. is the favorite because of the defending champions, as they should be because they are the defending champions, and they, you know, had... A good year but phoenix let's let's applaud phoenix chris paul really helped change that uh team you've seen the improved play of booker uh great potent offense uh they're going to give they're going to give fits uh and la hasn't been playing together all year a lot of injuries but i'm not going to doubt ad and lebron i think that's going to be the toughest series but uh, ultimately, I do think that Anthony Davis will be too much on the interior. And having LeBron there, um, it's Lakers, uh, which I hate to say. because But if there's going to be one upset, and it wouldn't even be an upset technically by seeding. But I do think Phoenix has the ability to beat LA. But I just see the Lakers being just a little too strong. Um, The three and the six is Denver and Portland. Uh, I love Dame, Dame time all the time, but uh, Jokic is playing out of his mind. He's most likely the MVP and should be the MVP, especially with Murray going down. They have been playing great. Um, I just think Portland also has been struggling this year. Uh, They still don't have any defense, and I don't see them having any answer for Jokic like who's going, who's going to stop them. Uh, I like Dame, but it's just not enough. I'm curious to see if, if Portland has a quick exit, what their offseason plans will be. Uh, rumor is that Stott will, Terry Stotts will be out. Uh, good coach and but it was a good run. So, uh, Denver in six and the most intriguing matchup, which I think could go seven games is a rematch of last year's first round matchup of the Clippers versus Dallas. Uh, I like the Clippers a lot. I think they've fallen under the radar because they had such high expectations last year and they were supposed to win it all, and they had that really disappointing exit against Denver when they were up 3-1. That's not going to happen this time, I don't think. I think Paul George is going to exercise some of those demons. Uh, This Clippers team looks a lot stronger than years past. Uh, I think they will win, although Doncic – Luca is going to give fits. Uh, I just—it's I, going to go six or seven, but I, it's going to go the Clippers' way again. And I think it's important actually that Dallas get bounced early because I think Dallas has to make some player adjustments. They got to make some moves. Uh, when when I say moves, they're going to have to move Chris stops. Uh I think Luca is going to need that second player, and I don't know if Prazingis is really that that guy, but um regardless Kawhi is Kawhi, and he's going to play lights out and this clipper team is a little bit better constructed than they were last year uh you know you got luke Kennard coming off the bench good score uh paul george they this team just hasn't been talked about at all and i think they i actually think the clippers could come out of the west surprisingly of all the teams like um and the West, is it's interesting. It's much more of a toss-up because uh, you have really interesting matchups. I mean, you, in, under normal circumstances, you would never see Phoenix versus L.A. play each other uh, with the current system. But because L.A. Fall, fell to the play-in game, they will see Phoenix first. Uh, you just don't see that. Uh, Denver. It's, it's all the, Any of these teams, the West is open. And that's actually why... This, if Milwaukee, sorry, I'm not sorry for bringing Milwaukee back from the fray of this, but if Milwaukee was going to do it, this is their year to do it because the NBA right now is wide open. Um, You know, you you always have those years sandwiched in uh, between dynasties and big teams. There's always one or two years that is like a toss-up year. Think of when the Rockets won after Jordan semi-retired. Think the Detroit Pistons when they won in the two thousands, uh, the Miami heat that next year, they were kind of just, uh, that was a toss up year. And then the Dallas Mavericks in 2011, and then you can say Toronto um, only a couple of years ago. So, um, it's open and it's open for the box for the taking. Can they just step up and play to that level that I know that they can play? I hope so. I hope they pl- prove the doubters wrong. It's going to be interesting to evaluate, but, um, I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a great, great game. Uh, 11 o'clock, they're the first playoff game. Uh, so before I end today's episode, I want to go with the little movie review that I, you know, that the last movie I saw, I haven't been able to watch a lot of movies and TV and that's a good thing. Uh, work has been picking up, trying to find where I'm going to live, trying to figure out moving, which has been a bitch. Um, not going live Been really stressed out about it. Um, but all, all good stress, but, uh, the last movie I watched, which was last night actually was There Will Be Blood. Now I saw, it's a, uh, no, it's not Michael Mann. Um, who directed, uh, honestly, who did it? There Will Be Blood. I bet you guys can hear my keyboards. Uh, it was directed by, oh yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, duh, Phantom Thread. It stars Daniel Day-Lewis, about an oil prospector, and Paul Dano, who's amazing, um, plays this preacher. Uh, Amazing movie. I've only seen it, I saw it, this was my second time watching it. I saw it, like, maybe eight years ago when it first came out, but didn't really give it its praise. I guess I just wasn't looking at the cinematography and, like, how good of a film it was, but... um, impressive shots. Like, uh, you can really see the whole environment. There's a scene where they find oil, and you hear this, like, dramatic, like, dun-dun, and you hear, you see Daniel Day Lewis running to the fire of the oil spillage, and then also his, spoiler alert, his son uh, becomes deaf, so he has to Pick up his son, save his son, and then drop him back. And you see him running back, and then all of a sudden dropping off his son and running back to the oil. And it's this like eight minute scene, and it's intense every single second. And I just didn't think a movie like that was capable because there's moments where it's all dialogue and it's like, uh, but it's always intense. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, probably one of the best actors of all time. I wouldn't say it, one of the best character actors for sure um, perfect performance. And I think what makes great film is you also have to have a counterpart and that is Paul Dano. And like I said, he plays the preacher and they kind of have this like weird, not competition, but this rivalry and not even like a direct r- rivalry, but, um, the whole premise and synopsis is that, um, Daniel Day-Lewis's character is an oil prospector and he's trying to buy up the land of unsuspecting people. But Paul Dano's character knows the value of that land. So he tries to cut a deal of, hey, we will, I will let you have this land if you, you know, help pay for the church. However, Paul Dano is this interesting, almost like cult-like priest. And you can his he has very interesting ways of persuasion, I guess you could say. And he comes into conflict with Daniel DeLuce's character. Uh But I'm super excited. I I wish I could see Paul Dano in more films. Uh, I saw that he did this Beach Boy uh, biopic, and he was really good. And he's going to be the Riddler in the upcoming The Batman, which I'm super excited for because I watched you know the Batman as a cartoon, and it's just a little bit. I'm just interested to see a little bit of a different take on the character. Uh, and I think it will be that. I think it's going to definitely be a lot more darker than we're used to. Uh, Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler, and if you've seen some screenshots of what he looks like, ooh, he looks like the Zodiac Killer. Just, and I can't wait to see that movie. Uh, it got delayed because of COVID. Um, great supporting cast. Uh, I'm curious to see Robert Pattinson's interpretation of the Batman character. I'm not a big fan of Pattinson but you know what I'm going with the notion that um many times when they announce he's going to be Batman a lot of people are disappointed uh and I will say outside of Ben Affleck most people's into and George Clooney most people's uh interpretation of Batman has been great and Pattinson is a great actor I'm just not a big fan of a lot of the films he's done but I'm, um, I have faith that he's going do a great adaptation, and I hope he's an even better young Bruce Wayne, uh, but there will be blood, yeah, it's a two and a half hour movie, um, amazing, an amazing uh, supporting cast, and I like, I like that movie because, like, it's not something I would traditionally watch, you know, about oil and prospect prospecting, but the themes in the film run very deep throughout its runtime, and you really see uh, Daniel Day-Lewis' character evolved, or not really evolved, you see how obsessed he is about eliminating the competition. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's probably one of the best films in the last 10, maybe the last 20 years. So you check it out. Uh, it's a good watch. Look for those awesome shots. Um, it's second to none. Uh, I can't wait. Um, there we go again—the double ums. But yeah, there will be blood. Good movie, check it out. Uh, the only other thing I've been watching has been Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and I gotta say, corny, corny as hell. But I love it. Um, it's kind of a term to form. It's really cool to see Emilio Estevez back, just like on screen. And it does capture a lot of the heart of the Mighty Ducks. So if you can get past some of the campiness, uh, it's a great continuation. Um, I think this is why I need a script, because I pause, and I say, um, too much. But that's another another story for another day. Uh, Check that one out. Uh, Also, Invincible. I'm currently watching, I only got through the first two. Fantastic. I definitely love the adult, you know, more adult themes going on. And it's really cool to see just like a non-traditional comic book character put to life. I think we're all used to all these Marvel and the Disney Marvel and the DC. So it's kind of a breath of fresh air to get something new. And that was all I really watched. Yeah. I'm catching up on everything. Uh, it's going to be a fun-filled week. I start work. I start my new job on Monday. Uh, I'm going to continue to try to get episodes out on Monday now that I'm back. Um, there might be a brief pause as I am moving and adjusting things, but episodes will come out based on playoffs, uh, and we'll see how the Bucks do. Uh, I'm excited to get this episode out. It's, uh, sorry, it's a little bit late. I hope you guys all have wonderful weekends. This is 414, Buck the System, and I am your host, Justin. Have a pleasant night. Enjoy.